like it very much, very much mirrors like the grieving process. I went through, you know, grieving the person that I couldn't be. I couldn't mm-hmm. be that person because that person was was not good for me. Yeah. Um, it took me to a dark place every time. And I had to also be angry, um, be angry at the system that made me want to be this person yeah. that wasn't good for me. Mad at society and just like our culture tells, I think, women especially, that we need to be small um, and like inconsequential and that we don't need to be our true selves that are loud and brash and like, you know, you know, take up space. Welcome to the future is female powerlifting. A show where women of all strengths can explore the world of female powerlifting. I'm your host, Heidi Donnell, a 60 kilo powerlifting gym owner. And each episode, we bring you an inspiring interview or a message to help you unlock your true inner strength potential. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha, my beautiful friends, and welcome back. We are on episode 77, and I am super stoked to have one of my friends, Miss Kanoi Lunny Patterson, who I, you know, met in person at the showdown meet. It's so awesome going to these meets, you know, because you don't realize how you see people online. And then when you see them in person, it's like, oh my gosh, we've been totally following each other for a while. And uh, Kanoi is an amazing woman who is a social worker. And you might know her from her uh, handle, which is called Powerlifting Social Worker. And in the intro of this, I, I tell her, I don't know a lot of powerlifting social workers. And we kind of really go into what her job is and how powerlifting has not only helped her as a woman be more comfortable with her body, um, be more courageous and confident, but that has also translated to the type of social worker and the, uh, the type of leader she's been. At the beginning of this show, you know, she and I talk about that she's going to be competing for the first time. And she did compete already after this and she killed it. And I'm happy to say that she did hit the number um, that I thought she might hit. And she did. She hit 424 for her last deadlift, which was like, see, I know you're going to do something more along along those lines. And of course, this episode is brought to you by my gym core strength and performance where we live through strength. And if you are looking for a coach, somebody who can help you level up your powerlifting, or if you're new and you're trying to find a program or something to transition you into strength training and you're unsure about that, hit us up core256.com. We do online training where there's a lot of coaching between you and I. Um, We do a lot of video submissions. I just, I want to help people, especially women, become a little stronger and feel comfortable under the bar. And sometimes that can be a little like scary to venture by yourself. Hit us up 256, uh, core256.com. My goodness, Heidi. And let's get it started with Kanoi. It is on the 11th. So I'm like two weeks out. Oh my goodness. Exactly. When was your last meet prior to this? Well, so this is my this is my first meet. So okay. there, there have been multiple meets that I've signed up for. So the meet that I'm doing um, in two weeks, I actually signed up for it last year. Oh, and shit. then I got COVID. And so I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so, and every time I've signed up for a meet, something has happened. Okay. That's right. So, you said that in the post. 
yeah, so I'm like, this, I was like, this is my time. I was like, I have to, I was like, I got to get this out of the way. <laughs> I got to do this. That's fantastic. Well, everything looks like it's moving well. I mean, your fucking squats are so fast. I'm like, if I was judging, I would have such a hard time. I could be like, oh. <laughs> and I, I think I'm like, really, like I've worked on slowing them down because I used to just like, drop. I would just like drop. And it would be like, yo, like you need to slow down. And so I learned to slow them down a bit because, you know, so that I can make sure that I'm, I'm really like through the whole lift. I, I'm actually where I need to be. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like you can rely on that bounce, which is, you know, not everybody can rely uh-huh. on that bounce. Stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and get and stuck. that's exactly. happened to me before. So now I'm like. <laughs> I really have slowed it down so that, and so people think they're, they're super speedy. And I was like, no, I was like, because when I first started, I was dive bombing and like, I, and then I would get stuck Yeah, and I'd be like, you, I'd be stuck in the hole and be yeah. like, dang it. Like I did not expect that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. always a downside of, I was just having this conversation with Quayla about it, um, where there is a place for, you know, dive bombing and, and using uh-huh. the bounce, but you have to be able to control it because it can be limiting at a certain point. Uh-huh. And, you know, you'll either get stuck or you'll get into a position that's really bad, right? The bar yep. might lean forward and then you're stuck with this hips rising first kind of thing. Uh, it's never good. And I was that lifter. Like I used to go forward and yeah. like, I mean, I've really damn near like killed myself a couple of times doing that so now i've gotten way better on because i'm a high bar squatter Uh. like like just really trying to keep like straight up and down and um just keeping the bar in a good position oh yeah i saw this kid speaking of like near death um at north america's and he opened with a world record like right below the world record uh and he missed his first on depth and then he went up for the world record at like five something and he's like 17 or something. Um, and then it, you know, he just came out of the hole and the kid is like so nice. Everybody loves this kid. Like, I don't know who he is, but everybody was like, oh, they were all heartbroken for him because he missed it. He bombed out. He went down and the bar rolled over his head so fast that nobody could catch it. It just went back and banged his head and it did oh it God. twice. He did it on his second and his third. I felt so bad. Yeah, I felt so bad for him. But, you know, it was like he was he was he just didn't he wasn't hitting depth. It wasn't the day for him to those. It was just too heavy for him. And so he was trying and, you know, and then, of course, it was folding and then he was kind of doing that. But, yeah, he banged his head so hard. Imagine 500 pounds just rolling over your head like that. Like, yeah, nobody can catch that. That is like such a hard. Nobody is expecting the bar to go to that way. Right. So they're loading. They're all waiting for it to come. Exactly. <sighs> but it's so sad. But um, yeah, well, I'm excited to have you on. I have like so many questions about everything. Um, and I think it's funny because, you know, like we were following each other before we met at Showdown and I didn't realize it was you, right? Like I didn't put like two and two together. And I was like, how could I forget Kanoi Lani? Like nobody probably says your name right, right? No. <laughs> You're in Oklahoma. I can't imagine yeah. anybody says, do they say Kanoi or do they say, do they say something like that? It's yeah, it's usually like and usually like for like for work and stuff like that, I just tell them like especially like with um the kids that I see, like it's just like Miss Kanoy. Like yeah. so so that they so it's easier for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean adults definitely I mean the kids are better than the adults, honestly. Yeah. But the adults are just like a hot mess. Yeah, hot mess. <laughs> 
Well, you know, my, my daughter's name is Kaimana and the kids usually get it, but it's the adults and we're in the South, you know, and it's always Kamana, Kamana, Kamana. And I'm like, it's Kai. So if I tell them it's like K-Y, like Kai uh-huh. Bella or like K-Y Jelly, you know, K-Y, <laughs> Kai, Mana. <laughs> Oh, okay. Like to separate the two, but exactly. Yeah. Um, the, uh, when I was, when I was looking over, you know, like, and I wanted to interview you because I don't think I know any other power lifter who's a social worker. Uh, (laughs) and I don't know if you do, but I certainly do not. Um, and I love that powerlifting unites people from all different backgrounds. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. And, you know, out here we have tons of engineers, like, you know, uh, Quayla's an engineer. Ash is a, she's a, she works in the lab, like very all over the board kind of yeah. um, jobs and careers, but we're all united through powerlifting. And <clears throat> so I know that you, you know, over our conversations, you were, you're a military brat and you guys settled pretty much in, in Oklahoma, right? But you lived in yeah, Germany for a little bit. My parents um, were stationed. Okay. And so now you're still in Oklahoma, right? Yes. Um, I've been back here for like the last three years because I was like living on the East Coast for a long time. Um, and then I came home because my mental health was like not in the best place. Mm. So I moved closer to home so that I can get myself together and just feel better about everything. Yeah. So you have been traveling all around and, you know, you sort of settled into Oklahoma. What made you find powerlifting? Because nobody in your family power lifts. Well, the funny thing is, and you'll find this, and and it's it's really one of the funniest things. No, no one in my um, immediate family power lifts, but my first cousin actually, um, on my mom's side, uh, my cousin Tiana, she is a power lifter. Oh my um, gosh. Out in California. No way. Yeah. And you probably know, you, you may have very well seen her before. Um, what's her last and, name? Yeah. Um, Rester and her, um, T it's like Tina Cole, something like that oh gosh, is her no, Instagram gonna to, name. We're going to find and you, so Tina. The, yeah. And so, yeah, she's out over and she's probably like, really can you're talking about me. I sure am. She's <laughs> out over there. She's out over there by Sacramento. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's close to me where I was, I was in San Jose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she, um, I'm she's find a power her. lifter. Okay. So yeah, we're like the, I think the only two in the family who <laughs> power lift. Um, and I found it by accident, honestly. And I say accident, um, because when like starting like my strength journey, like I was in, I started like out in CrossFit Mm -hmm. and then, um, so I was doing a lot of Olympic lifts. Um, and for a long time, that's what I was, I was doing. Um, and I was actually pretty good at it. Um, enjoyed it. Um, and then when I moved back here, you know, there were only, there were a couple different gyms and I, um, kind of like stayed with, um, I ended up going to Southwest Barbell, which is my gym that I lift out of. And, um, and I started Olympic lifting then. And, but of course we had power lifters at the gym too. And we had strong band competitors as well. So I was seeing everybody else. And so really I found it by accident. I mean, I think, you know, people, you know, were always like, oh, you have a really strong squat and stuff like that. Like you should try, you should try powerlifting or whatever. And I mean, like I really, again, found it by accident. And I mean, people were asking, yeah, you should do meets and stuff. And so like, you know, 
start the story. This started really seriously by accident. That's um, so crazy. And and I mean, I love it. I I literally and I love this community. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, so many people start off like that. Like I, you know, we all kind of start off with something else and then slowly migrate to, you know, powerlifting because of the environment. So it's probably really good that those people were all around you and encouraging you to to venture out into powerlifting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've always had, always have some seriously supportive people um, around me. I've I've gotten so blessed by having such amazing like friends and stuff like that. Um, just I think like in this sport, um, who are Olympic lifters who have just been the same way, and even strongman competitors. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I've, I've been pretty lucky to find some really good community and a lot of people. Well, you know, one thing I really love about uh, about who you are and what you you kind of stand for is, you know, you you put it out there. You're like, I'm a fat athlete, and I I use that term very like openly. But you embrace who you are, you're, the shape that you are, and the athlete that you are, even through all these sports that are very, you know, very very mobile, very athletic sports: CrossFit, Olympic lifting, powerlifting. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Like, what is it about? uh, you know, embracing that and sharing that with everybody? I think like, um, for a long time, like when I initially started in really like gyms and in my just fitness journey in general, like I started with this idea of like a lot of people do towards like intentional weight loss. And so I was doing things that were not healthy, weren't good for me. Um, didn't put me in a better place. It put me in a worse mental state. Um, it made me suicidal. It just, I was just not a happy person. I wasn't a good person. Yeah. I wasn't a good human being. I judged other people on how they looked, um, because I had my own insecurities and other problems. Um, and I was trying to meet standards that really weren't ma- made for me. Yeah. Um, they're made for like a white Eurocentric type of, you know, body. And that wasn't mine. Um, and so like, I started following like a lot of other frameworks, a lot of other people, a lot of fat activists, people saying like, you're okay in the body that you're in. And the reason that you feel this way is because society oppresses us and makes us feel like we need to all look the same. Um, and that this stuff is based in like white supremacy and other stuff. And it really, things started to click for me. Um, and I started to kind of like, kind of gradually, you know, like I don't count macros. I don't do anything that anymore. Um, I very much, um, I don't know. I very much, um, I more intuitively eat. I really try to listen to my body now. Um, since my body's not all kind of clogged up with other crap that is constantly telling me to shrink. Yeah. I can actually hear it when it's like, we're hungry. Yeah. You know, oh, I want this instead. This sounds really great. Like yeah. I can actually hear what it's telling me now. Yeah. Um, instead of the feedback that was blocking it before. That's it. That's very enlightening. So how was that process for you? So like when you started unraveling sort of this person who you were starting to embrace, was that is that hard? Was that hard for you? Or you still battle with sort of going back and forth with that? Every day. Yeah. It's um, and I tell people all the time. Um, I very openly tell people that I very much probably 
I think it took me a long time to realize that I was someone that had probably been battling with an undiagnosed eating disorder probably most of my life. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, I don't know, like it very much, very much mirrors like the grieving process. Like I went through, you know, grieving the person that I couldn't be. I couldn't mm-hmm. be that person because that person was, was not good for me. Yeah. Um, it took me to a dark place every time. Um, and I had to grieve that. And I had to also be angry, um, be angry at the system that made me want to be this person yeah. that wasn't good for me. Um, and mad at society, you know, and just like our culture that tells us and tells, I think, women especially, that we need to be small um, and like inconsequential and that we don't need to be our true selves that are loud and brash and like, you know, like, you know, take up space. Right. I think we, you know, we're always, I know that I was sort of raised that way too, you know, without any knock to my parents. I I love my parents and I think they raised me well, but they were raised that way. You know, so it's like they, they're going to raise you the way that they know. Um, exactly. And, you know, part of this image of a woman as I grew up was to be demure, um, but also be strong. But you know, it's like, OK, well, where do you draw the line? You know, it's like um, if you're too if you're loud, then maybe you're too loud. And then you're you know, if you're, a, you know, if you're opinionated um, for a woman, you know, it's just being uh, a leader for a man, you know, it's it, so the, there's, yes. to me, there's this, this battle that we can have growing up, finding who that is. And I, I think I still at 40 years old, I'm still working yep. that out, you know, um, Same. right. It's, it's very interesting. So I love that. I love that, you know, it's, and I think that it's important for people to know that it's always a process. I don't think there's ever a time that when anybody's going through some sort of growth that they're like, okay, I'm done. Like I, I'm there, you know, like I've reached enlightenment or whatever it is. And and then that's it. It's, I think that people are always going through, uh, growing and struggling and questioning and having to have self-talks all the time. Um, so I, I feel like, yeah, like when I look at your page and your, your posts and what you talk about, it's, it's very much like, here I am, this is me, I'm embracing it. Uh, the clothes you wear, I mean, you know, you were like, I mean, you got a great booty, like, (laughs) you could see, you know, you got a good body, like, I love it. But you're embracing all of that. And I think it's important for people to see that. So do you get a good response from people? Do people reach out to you and talk to you about things? A lot of times, I think a lot of times people are just like, you know, I think a lot of people are thankful, like they, a lot of the response that I've gotten has been people you know, just like thankful that they found me because of, you know, we talk about representation and like a lot of people didn't know, you know, they didn't know, they didn't know they could do certain things because there was nobody that looked like them that showed them that it could be done. Yeah. Um, everybody that they saw was, you know, it looked, looked different or was trying to be smaller And so they never saw anybody showing up. Like I show up at the gym as exactly as I am. Anybody that lives with me will say the same thing. Yeah. Like I am exactly, exactly who you met in Missouri is exactly who I am. 
every single day. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's how I am with the kids that I work with. It's the same thing. Like, um, and that took me a long time to get there. And so I just try to explain to other people that it is a process and to not be too hard on themselves that, you know, that you're, that, you know, it's okay to look up to other people and get those examples from them, you know, to, show you the kind of show you the way. Yeah, for sure. Like I feel like people, there's been many people that I looked up to in like my process of, you know, my fitness journey, I would say that probably I don't need to look up to them anymore. They were there for when I needed them in the moment, you know, and I was able to kind of now beyond that. Now there's other people that that inspire me, I guess you could say. Do you think that this is translated to the type of social worker you have been or the type of person you I could right because you you must have yeah. like right because this whole discovery has to translate to the kind of person you become in your career so how how do you think that's helped you I think it's made me um I say this all the time like my job as a social worker like it's not um the social worker and therapist like I to me like it is a gift like I have been given a gift to be able to reach specifically to, to reach like children and teens in a way that maybe their families can't always. So because I've been able to do that, it's allowed me, my journey has really allowed me like a lot of my kids who are struggling with eating disorders or they're struggling with other things. Like I'm able to meet them where they are instead of trying to make them fit my narrative. I'm able to help them find language Um, especially like when you have clients as young as four, Mm. like sometimes they don't have the language for what they're going through. But I think because of what I've been through, I've been able to help them find that language, um, and find just discover who they are, um, even at their young ages and, you know, who they want to be. That's awesome. So I didn't realize you work with kids so young, so it can anywhere from like what just kids age so under 18 yeah under 18 um and then we have some who are still in our program um because it's um, community mental health so it's like we also have people who are who we still consider kids that are like 19 20 like their early 20s but they still want to stay with the children's side i think a lot of times mainly because of the care that they're given more um than for adults and what, um, what is the so, program exactly? So basically, um, again, it's community mental health. So I, um, I'm, where I work is, it's very rural um, America. I'm sure you understand with Alabama, probably very similar. Yeah. Yeah. We're very, um, it's the community that I work in is not the town I live in. I work probably like 30 miles um, away. And so I commute to work and so I'm I'm pretty much able with my therapy kids. I'm able to kind of choose my clients, to choose the kids that I see for therapy and counseling. Um, I'm under um, clinical supervision to get my get my and one day be able to be able to have a private practice. Um, That'd be awesome. Yeah. So it's like I work with kids depending on um, and I I do all kinds. We I work with through all kinds of stuff. Um, we have kids with eating disorders with trauma, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of trauma related, um, issues, depression, anxiety. Um, obviously, um, with my position, 
um, being a black woman, um, it's important for me to work with kids, um, especially my black, brown, and indigenous kids. Mm -hmm. um, if they wanna talk to me about um, racism and um, racial violence and things like that, then I'm there for that as well. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I have seen an uptick in the amount of kids that I'm talking to about that um, now. Um, so yeah. Well, that's it, good it's, because it's, I can't imagine. broad range of things that I talk about. Yeah, I can't imagine there's a lot of black women in your position in your state. <laughs> no, uh, in my, in my, at my, I mean, I will say at my office, I am the only black person at my office. Wow. And so, yeah, I think when they walk in the door, when these people, again, they, you know, they're living in the middle of nowhere Yeah. when they walk in and when they're looking for the person that's in charge of like the, the, the person that's the therapist for, for the kids. And I'm the one that pops out. I'm sure that's not what they expected. Right. Um, now when the black and brown kids or indigenous kids, when they walk through that door or they see me online and they know that that's the person they're talking to, I do notice that they look more, they look, they feel safer. Yeah. Um, cause they know it's going to hopefully be someone that understands their experience. Yeah. That, that is beautiful. Okay. I want to hear a little bit about your training right now. So you're on to your first meet finally. Yes. <laughs> what, what is, what is your training like leading up to your meet and, um, what are you hoping to do? What are you hoping to open with at your meet? <laughs> so let's see. Dun, so dun, like, dun. <laughs> I, all right. So I think like probably for me, to me, to me, I feel like my best lift right now is, is my deadlift. Mm. Um, and so I'm really hoping my, like, I think what my PR in the gym is 415 and I hit four oh and I hit 407 the other day. So for a single, so I'm really hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hope, I'm really hoping, um, like I have mental like I have mental like numbers that I want to hit yeah I guess what, yeah. what I would love to I mean I would love to open in the in the 400s if possible but I think it's gonna probably be in the high threes yeah um just to at least get me on the board right um so probably like 375 or 3 380 something something like that well um, I'm calling I'm calling let me see I'm afraid to like jinx myself. <laughs> okay, I have a number in my mind that I think I know you're going to hit in the 420s for sure. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be it's going to be in the later 420s. That's my that's my Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I that's what I'm really I'm thinking, you know, now if I could hit 430, that mm -hmm. would be um, that would be amazing. Mhm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for <laughs> Love it. Okay. And so what is your, what has your training been like? You go to the gym four days a week, three days? Yeah. Yeah. Four to five days a week. I'm in the gym. Um, so I'll go like yesterday was kind of a rest day. I'll go today or tonight and then I'll go tomorrow morning, okay. um, slash afternoon. Um, and then I'll rest on Sunday. So I'll bench today and then I'll squat tomorrow. Um, and I kind of, 
because I was, I, I ended up, um, I also have to do crisis work at my job. Oh. Um, and I'm on call this week. Oh, um, so yes, unfortunate. Um, so my, I have a crisis phone and of course that phone went off that w- one of the days I was supposed to bench. And so I, by the time I was done, I was like tired and I'm like, yeah, so I'm not going to make it today. Yeah. I was like, I'm just too exhausted. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, but thankfully I have a coach that's pretty understanding. He knows like I have a, um, pretty tough job. Yeah. Um, so he gets that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, usually four, three to four days will probably, yeah, probably more, more like four to five days a week training. Um, usually I have two squat days, two bench days, and then usually one for deadlift. And then like he throws in, he usually throws in like some conditioning stuff in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, like with the sled and other stuff. Um, like light cardio and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of singles this week. Yeah, and I, I think, that. yeah. And I think tomorrow or sorry, I think today is it's either a single or it's a double. I think the lift that's going to, I think the, I've been telling people the, the lift that I think is going to surprise me is going to probably be bench because um, and I don't dislike bench or anything. Um, cause it's been going really good. Oh, um, good. it's been really strong. Um, so I like my dream is at some point to hit a 200 pound bench, yeah. which I know for some people is not that big of a deal, but for me it is. Um, <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm, I'm still trying to chase 185. It's been like eight years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I so, might be 50 by the time I get that. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, had fixed some things with my setup and with my hand positioning. And that's really, um, made me like a lot stronger. Mm. Um, cause I think like one of my one rep max right now for that is 175, but I think it's probably wrong right now, but so we'll see. Okay. I would like to, I'd like to see, I would like to hit big numbers with that though. Oh, hell yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Squats one that I kind of worry about. And it's only because like with, what we've noticed is like we're concerned about depth and mm. then with the fact that some judges the way they judge certain body types yeah so that concerns me yeah. so we're going to see yeah see and and with any of lifters that are bigger that either have a bigger legs or bigger butt i normally err on the side of lifter because if i can't tell like this in a second that it was clear cut, no depth, then I'm going to give you a, a white light because that, and that's, some people are not that way though. Some people are like, you know, I, you know, I, I need to see it. And I don't know of any USPA judge, there might be some USAPL ones that might think that way. Cause I know some people who mark their singlets so that the judge can see their crease. Oh, and I say, do not do that because then they'll know exactly when you don't hit depth. Like for me, if it's all black and I can't see and it was questionable, I give it to the lifter. I because I don't I can't confidently say in that second that they didn't hit depth. So if it's questionable and I wasn't one hundred percent positive, then I'm going to give it a lift. But if you mark your pants and I see it, you know, then I'm going to be like, all right, you just made a lot easier for me to decide that it was a no lift. Um, so yeah, I could I could see that being being a thing. It's definitely one of those things that you know, it's different for every judge, but I think we all usually try to err on the side of the lifter, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah. Okay. So this is the part of the show 
or ask our guests. What the hell is wrong with you people? What the hell was I thinking where you think back to a time where you did something really stupid and you think back and you say, what the fuck was I thinking doing that? Can you think of a time where you did that? Oh, it was, it was probably, it probably would have been actually when I was talking about um, the squatting and going forward. Yeah. Where I, I swear almost I, and I was, cause I was squatting, I was squatting in Austin at liberation barbell at the time. Um, cause I went to visit my friend Maria and I had, I had a spot, I had a spotter. Um, and so I don't like, and I think, it, I think that amount was it's either was it 308 or it, it was over 300 pounds. Okay. And, and like, I went forward and like, and I was almost like that kid Yeah. where it's, where it like smacked me in like the back of the head or something like something crazy like that. Oh my gosh. And, and like, and like hit like the, my back shoulders or whatever. It was some crazy. So yeah. What the fuck was I thinking? Because I really could have killed myself. Yes. And <laughs> Yeah. And I'm just like, what is your problem? Like, but I, for, for my, for, I will say for my part that I am very much used to, um, I'm very much used to like, I lift mainly other than, I think other than a handful of women that I lift with at my gym, most of the people that are spotting me are dudes. Yeah. Um, and so like, I've got these big guys that are spotting me usually. Yeah. So if it's not one of them, and it's somebody, and, and, and it was, um, I'm pretty sure, um, fatness overeats, um, Trisha, okay. that's who was spotting me. And so I know, I know I can trust her, Yeah. but, but still like, no. I'm just like, <laughs> and, and, and we almost, we almost died for this. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we wanted to almost die <laughs> Lord, uh, yeah. for a squat, anything for the squat. <laughs> Yeah, so I've gotten much better. About and, and you that. know, and it's a lot harder to spot once that bar starts leaning forward, right? Yes. So the, if you're a back spotter and you're trying to go over, it is so hard to spot when it's like it over is. there. It's it's almost like, I mean, they'll have to be hugging you in order to like quickly get it. But basically, <laughs> yeah, they'd have to be on top of you. So moral of the story is keep your chest up. Um, That's don't right. dive bomb. Work on that. Right? Yes. <laughs> so that you're not coming out. All the okay. things that I've worked on. As to not die anymore. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Kanoi Lenny. Kanoi Lenny. I feel like that's a song. Is it a song? Have you checked it? It. I haven't checked if it's a song or not. Okay. I'm going to have to look it up. It's, it's a beautiful name. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been great. Oh, of course. I know. This has been wonderful. I love hearing, you know, everything about you. And I think representation does matter, you know, and we need to see more women like you, more women who are willing and confident and going out there, even though sometimes it doesn't feel easy to do, but putting, putting yourself out there. And I think that's important um, because we do need to see more women. I always say, I tell Ashley this all the time, like we need to see more black women, women of color under the bar because women and I feel like women of color are always fed these, you know, squeams and things to wrap up your thighs and wrap it, you know, and it's all about getting smaller and, and yeah. And it's just, it, it's Latin women get the same thing and it, we just need to see more, more yeah. variety out there and we need to yeah, be able to about, see that. It's just about assimilating. Yeah. yeah. They want us not to represent our cultures and represent where we're from. Yeah. 
and and that's a product of colonization and white supremacy and we're better than that. <laughs>